0: got a question, the voices of resin I hear. Oh, plastics. Plastics is an SB sponsored podcast. Hey, girl, how's it going? Hi. Oh, it's just going wonderful. How are you? Good, good. I'm loving your bold lip today. You know, Rihanna, represent little heavy. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I ordered since I'm fully vaccinated now, um, and hoping to be maskless out in the world soon. Oh. I ordered uh, I ordered three bold lipsticks from uh, from my aunt who does Mary Kay.
1: <laughs> you know what? I think that's the right move. I think it's I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited. Um, anyway, I am Mercedes Lindasuri, and I'm Lindsay Neville, and with our powers combined, we are Plastics. Yeah. <laughs> the voices of resin.
1: <laughs> I, I won't even try and tag team the other line because we're never going to so, get
0: it together so uh, <laughs> so i am a, a color lab technology manager um at peacock colors in the chicago area
1: and i am a plastics engineer at tech tank in erie pennsylvania
0: mm-hmm. um and uh and we started this podcast um how long ago now two years ago that's crazy it's yeah <laughs> um uh, just two buddies in the plastics industry um, met through the Society of Plastics Engineers, and they're kind enough to sponsor our podcast. Um, so uh, each uh, episode, we have a guest on who works in the industry or adjacent to the industry, and uh, and chat with them. Um, it's not always chicks; it's it's fellas as well. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Um, but we but we are chicks, so hence the name. Um, but you can uh, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts like Google, Google, Stitcher, <laughs> Stitcher Apple. Apple. Uh, yeah. All um and they're released the first Friday of every month uh, by uh, yeah. S P. You can also you can also find us on uh, social media, plastic P L A S T C H I C K S. I think that's the first time I've ever spelled it out on the podcast. I know I'm impressed <laughs> because I would be distracted halfway through spelling it and Lose track. Give me something not, else. I'm very good. I'm very good. Eye. Give me another word to spell. I'll go right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, there's not an eye between plast and chicks. We're not plastic chicks. We,
0: we won't be mad if you call us that. call us that. You can call us that, but that's not what we are. If you're looking for us on social media, just at plast chicks. Yeah, drop the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and joining us today, we have Anna Kraft, the CEO of Zeno Workwear. I'm so excited to talk to you. Welcome onto the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for
2: having me today. I'm very excited to to chat a little bit more about engineering plastics and and safety boots. <laughs>
0: Yeah. which i am actually wearing um my as i do every day when i'm at work i wonder if it, well the listeners at home can see my, actually these ones yeah i don't know if you can see They're but so i have cool. some titanium dioxide on them today we're running some some white colorant and uh and apparently i i uh, i spilled a little <laughs> um, but uh but yeah i i absolutely love your products um and uh Well, we'll get into, into all that. Um, I'm, I'm actually excited. I'm going to get another pair, but, um, anyway, um, first of all, we, we talked before, before we, you know, went, went live with the recording. Um, a little bit by your background, but is Kraft your real last name? Because in German, the meaning of it is is like power or force, and so it just kind of seemed like a little too perfect for a young CEO who is catalyzing such meaningful change uh, and empowering so many women in our industry.
2: It, it is my my real name, um, and I'm actually very curious how how you learn German. Um, I I like my last name so much that I even decided to keep good after I got married my husband's last name has 14 letters and my full name is Anastasia so uh, for so many different reasons I decided to stay on a craft so Mm -hmm. but I'm so curious how you learned German and I peeked super briefly at your LinkedIn profile which lists seven different languages including Russian like I really need people who speak so many languages. That's so cool. Well,
0: yeah. Likewise, I was super excited when I was saying that, that you spoke four languages too, or more, maybe. But um, and this, this, we are going to talk about you. <laughs> but but no, I I learned German when I was um when I was twelve years, twelve years old. Um, uh, my mom was in nursing school and working full time too, and I really wanted to be an exchange student, so she let me go and live with her sister, um, uh, who was married to an Austrian man and and had two kids. So I went there and lived there for half a year with them. Um, and just, I mean, I knew how to say no and cat and that was it. I didn't even know how to say, yeah, <laughs> That's <a> Good start. <laughs> um, and so I learned a lot when I was there. Um, and, uh, uh, then I started studying it in, in high school and then went, got on a scholarship to, from Congress and U S Congress and German Bundestag to go there. My junior year of high school where I, I got better and got more of a, <laughs> not so cool. die. <laughs> so, oh my God. yeah i'm from southern germany yeah i saw you must be Um, from like near near um dusseldorf or or no sorry near nuremberg or something right stuttgart Stuttgart. um, between
2: stuttgart and the black forest um, Uh and they're biased i love southern germany i recommend people to go to southern germany to uh, check out the oktoberfest like either in munich or we have a smaller one in stuttgart which is amazing you get a good impression of the german culture
1: that's, uh, I have a friend living here right now. And uh, oh, cool. our plan before COVID was to go for the uh, Froilings festival mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then yeah. it happened. So we're, we're going to do it later. <laughs> yeah. I, I highly, highly recommend that.
0: Yeah. And as for me, sure. Like Southern Germany is cool and all, but like, Northern Germany <laughs> is where it's at. They're very quiet. They're completely the opposite of southern Germans. But uh and the place where I where the city where I lived, I always say ich Punkte in Flensburg because like uh it's it's like the city that I live in, that's where they do all the traffic tickets like go to like have to like have points in Brunsburg. So uh-huh. uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <exactly. laughs> um so um so let's talk about uh your background. How did you end up in manufacturing and engineering?
2: Yeah. Um, um when people ask me where I'm from, the short answer is Germany, but, but if I tell the longer story, I was actually born in Kazakhstan. And at the time, it was a Russian speaking, speaking country, but they had major issues with corruption and women did not have the same rights and opportunities as men. So my parents decided to move to Germany when I was about 10 years old because my dad has some German roots. And living in Germany, I realized that women had so many more opportunities. I, you could see women in management positions and be financially independent. And like after seeing so many women... Um, living in Kazakhstan and not having the same opportunities and like being completely dependent on their husbands, and like being housewives. I from an early age had the drive to get into a role where I would be financially dependent. That would, I also love to, I'm slightly rebellious and I hated when people tell women like, you're not supposed to be in manufacturing and you're not supposed to be in engineering or construction. That, that kind of fueled, fueled my my um, wish to go into engineering as well. But more importantly, I wanted to have a degree that would allow me to do something purposeful and have a positive impact in the world. And I think with engineering, it doesn't matter in what engineering field you go. You have so many opportunities to have a positive impact in, in the world and create something completely new that improves people's lives. So that's uh, how I ended up in, at Reutlingen University studying international project engineering. It was kind of the perfect program for me because I could never decide to study only physics or only Spanish. So this was the perfect program that combined different engineering um, subjects with um, a little bit of project management, different languages, intercultural competencies. So I really loved it. And of course, in material science, we had a massive focus on Plastics, especially thermoplastics, is yes, injection molding is incredibly important in in the automotive industry, which is very strong in southern Germany. So, yeah, that's that's how I got into my degree, and yeah, that helped me at some point to get to the U.S. and I got some really cool international experience for that.
1: I was going to say you had some um, while well, you studied in Germany, you actually had some internships in the U.S. Um, and you kind of ultimately landed in Wisconsin initially um, what i mean besides the obvious cheese what and <laughs> drew you there and oh, <laughs> oh that, that that was a big draw
2: um, <laughs> it was actually very very surprising how i ended up in waukesha we because it was an international program we all had to, to apply in different countries and i had a bunch of exotic countries on my list like countries in asia or south america to improve my spanish and then Like the most interesting offer came from Waukesha, Wisconsin. It's a small town in Wisconsin. So I accepted this position at the German steel cutting tool facility where I interned in environmental health and safety. And um, I I got to do so many cool things there. And then after to finish my degree, I came back to the US and did another, wrote my thesis at the same location about heat treatment of steel. So that's how I came to Waukesha. So, But I fell in love with Milwaukee and Wisconsin in general because it had such deep German
0: roots. And I felt like home. Like it had, of course, really good beer and good cheese as well. Mm-hmm. As part of it. I, I went to, uh, I don't know if you've ever been. So I'm, I'm in Chicago and I'm always going up to Sheboygan. My my our, We have a, a liquid uh, color plant up there, Vortex Liquid uh-huh. Color. So. But once I was in in Milwaukee and ran into like, it was, it was the weekend of July 14th and they called it Bastille days. Right. And it was like, and, and I was like, oh, cool. So like, there'll probably be like wine and cheese. And it was like, it was all like beer and like cheddar. And like, it was like nothing. It was like, nobody was drinking wine, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but Wisconsin is, I feel like of, of everybody that I've met, all the places that I've gone in the United States, Wisconsin has the nicest people. Everybody is so nice there. I
2: I agree. I, I would say it about the Midwest in general, but um, I was blown away how supportive people are here. Um, and especially like starting the business or even working, um, starting working in the manufacturing industry. I realized how, how inclusive and supportive people are. Like Americans and Germans are often compared to coconuts and peaches so germans are the uh, coconuts that have a very hard shell and even if you work work in germany and try to get to know your colleagues germans have this really hard shell that is difficult to get through but then once you get through that shell you have um, at some point good friends but it takes a long long time with americans it's more more easy to get along and they're more inclusive but to get to that very close friendship you have to invest a lot of time which makes a lot of sense i personally prefer the american method because it makes life so much easier and you feel it just so so much more welcoming Mm -hmm. um, in that culture yeah
0: yeah yeah you know I've, i've thought about that a lot too um and and how well, you know, when I was going to school, you know, and because it's it's kind of similar in Austria, too, and, and then going to school in Germany, I felt like, well, it makes sense with that mentality. If you're going to school with the same people in the same class every year since kindergarten, you know, that's how, how Germans will often go. Whereas um, in the United States, we'll switch classrooms and even like, you know, throughout the day, you switch mm-hmm. the whole group of people that you're with from hour to hour. And it forces you from, from, um, from a much younger age to, to, to have to make friends with, with everybody, you know? Yeah. 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 The, I think I have never thought
2: about it this way, but it makes a lot of sense because you're kind of forced to switch and you're, um, you're kind of getting to the habit to get to know other people and be more, more welcoming in Germany when you end up in like in a small village where those families have been living there for hundreds of years. And like we know each other since kindergarten, it's way more difficult to get into it. But I have, I have to say, I have amazing friends in Germany and the US. So mm-hmm. I I travel a lot back and forth outside of the pandemic.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. But I uh, try my to friend, take the best out of every culture. My friend who's living in Germany, she um she's single, and so before the pandemic, she was like trying to date and just hearing some of her stories. and like. like she said she brought a Reese's cup to a guy because he mentioned he liked them and she works on base so like she has access to them and he was like you were being very forward and she's like sorry I just wanted to give you a it was easy for me to get this candy, I was just being nice. <laughs>
0: that's hilarious. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When you're dating somebody from a different culture, that's when the big differences really, or the deep ingrained differences really come out. Yeah, those cultural differences. So true. So Anna, um, um, when you when you moved to, to Wisconsin after you graduated um, from school in Germany, I think you worked for a consulting company initially. Is that right? For mm-hmm. a year and a half or something.
2: Yeah, uh, it was for almost four years. Um, I started working for this really cool consult- consulting company, project management consulting company, which seemed to be the perfect job for me because it was consulting in project management environments. So I got to apply my project management skills and work on the coolest projects with a bunch of engineers. Um, and I got to experience different industries, different types of projects, ma- projects, manufacturing, Um construction at some point they we traveled to russia to plan the fifa world cup which was kind of cool oh wow to be able to meet some russians to do the planning for the fifa world cup um but overall you know i loved my job working in that space but i was the only usually the only woman in the room and maybe the two of you can relate to the Mm -hmm. uh, situation when you're in a room full of engineers and you're the only woman. And I was responsible for leading project plans of like multi-million dollar, highly critical projects that had a clear deadline. And I needed to dress professionally. And that's where initially the struggle came in. Like I have to dress professionally in the office. But then when we're going up on the shop floor, I have to run back to my desk and put on my clunky Mm-hmm. Terrible manly safety boots that I hated to wear with passion. Um, that just made it impossible to dress professionally, and I felt like a clown walking on the shop floor and like <laughs> tripping
0: over my feet. So that's when when the idea of, of the
2: business um, kind of developed. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, so, and so many people I think have have had this struggle, but you actually did something about it. So how did that all? get going? How were you able to, I mean, was it, was it you part, partially the, the connections that you had made while doing the consulting? I, I'd read that you you um, uh, went through a beta, a G beta accelerator program. Tell me about how it actually went from the yeah. concept to, to fruition.
2: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, I talked to, so I experienced that frustration myself, and then I started talking more to my female coworkers and my engineering friends in Germany. And like, it seemed like everyone hated like, all the women in these industries hated their safety shoes. And I thought, how is it possible that we all just deal with this and like, nobody's doing about it. And, uh, you know, frustration is incredibly close to motivation. And that's what pushed me to, to say like, all right, I've been thinking about starting a business anyways. And I always wanted to do something that would have a purpose. So I thought the idea of creating better safety shoes for women and helping more women succeed in these non-traditional environments is something that I, I would, could stand behind and like I would love doing. And so it was. It took a lot of time and effort to learn everything possible about American safety standards, like the ASTM twenty four thirteen is the most important one. Um, then finding uh, finding a designer, creating a tech pack, finding a manufacturing facility it took us. Because I'm a German perfectionist, it took us five uh, prototypes to get to the first product that I actually was comfortable with uh, to launch. Then, and, and then during the G beta program. Um, It's an accelerator program. I finally decided to quit my job and focus on this entirely. And for those people who are not familiar with accelerator programs, these are programs that help companies either launch or um, grow depending on what they focus on. Um, In our case, uh, it it was a seven-week program. They helped us to reach five of the goals we set for ourselves. One of them was finally launch a website like launch the business officially, but because it had such a huge, it was very competitive and had a huge time commitment. They had, I had to tell them like, you're either in or you're out. Like if you want to be part of this program, you have to attend different meetings and working sessions during the day. So I couldn't continue doing my full-time job and be part of the program. So it was a a scary, (laughs) tough decision to say like, all right, if I, if I want to build this business, I will, I will have to give it a shot. So I quit my job and decided to focus on Xena Workwear completely, which which
0: was a good move. So that's amazing. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you made that choice. My feet and and my fashion sensibilities are very happy that you made that choice.
1: <laughs> and my feet will thank you. I just haven't. There, there's a pair in my cart, but so I go back to work, I don't need them right now. Oh, yeah, with maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so tell us about the very first pair that like delivered. What was that like?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh my God, that was, that was so cool. Um, we launched the website. So we had already a couple pre-orders from women, which was a nice validation that showed us, okay, a few women actually <laughs> want our boots and they've been, they've been waiting for them. So I received that one email from, uh, from a woman who worked at GE Healthcare here in Waukesha and she was flying in for her rotation program and she emailed me and said like, Hey, hey guys, like I I ordered your boots, like I broke my shoulders. She had a su- shoulder surgery and said, like, can you can you please deliver the boots to me faster? I'm starting my job on Monday and I need boots that I can zip up because I'm not able to tie my shoes because I have only one usable hand. <laughs> So we, um, she told us when she was flying in, so we decided just to surprise her at the airport. So we took the very first box that we had, like we showed up at the airport, we knew where she was flying um, where she com- was coming from. So I had just a piece of paper <laughs> saying Jenny.
0: <laughs>
2: and then we decided to surprise her at the airport. She was so happy. And she had, she has been one of our biggest supporters since it was so cool. So she had her shoes on time, was able to start her job. And the coolest thing is like, we had since then so many other customers from GE. And everyone says, like, Jenny's wearing the shoes all the time. Like, <laughs> even though she doesn't have to. And this makes me so happy that women wear the boots not only when they have to but we went from the feeling of really disliking hating your boots to women who wear the boots like all the time at work or even in their free time and this is just expanding safety overall and yeah makes me very happy that this is happening and maybe I'll show the first model that we launched with
0: yeah yeah that's such a good story about the first the first one delivered I love that
2: yeah no the, that was cool and so exciting and everything was new starting a business is such a challenge and like you learn something new every single day and then the cool thing is I get to talk to so many women in different environments and like like you the women in the plastics industry which is so cool before that I was very isolated you could probably relate to that but a lot of women are Kind Mm -hmm. of in these silos, not not being able to connect with others. Uh, So this is the first boot that we launched with, the Gravity Boot, which Mm -hmm. has a heel based on Canadian safety standards because Americans don't have anything, a steel toe cap, a slip-resistant rubber outsole. And then after we gathered more input from women in other industries, we launched the Omega Boot that has more ankle coverage, an electric hazard certification, a protective toe cap, slip resisting outsole. So yeah, it's just super cool to listen to women's needs and like over time we're a small team over time to develop one product at a time. And
1: yeah. Yeah. Help them feel more confident. I, I think that Absolutely. is like a real, you know, concern. Cause I've I mean my dad and my brother, um, they're they both work for the town that I um, grew up in, and you know, they always have to get their like safety boots, and they have their like safety shirts and all that stuff. And one time, I remember asking my dad, like, you know, no. what do you do if you have a female employee? And he's like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think we have anything for them. <laughs> it's like, and you know, if I were to go into that situation, you know, I mean, you go to any. Any event, not so much nowadays, I feel like people are pushing towards having women's products, but like, you know, it used to be in the past, it would be like, oh, um, you want this men's shirt. I'm sure this extra large fits yeah. great. Like, here's some, here's some. Safety glasses. That'll be fine. Like
0: yeah. I remember Lindsay when we went to uh, the plastics news event, um women breaking the mold and there there was a Conair booth and they were giving out women's t-shirts oh, at the booth so and exciting. everybody was like, What? <laughs> I need a Conair shirt. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay, you brought
2: up a really good point. Like the issue in the industry was that a lot of companies applied the shrink it and pink it concept that I learned mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Uh so apparently a lot of companies used to take men's boots or men's jackets or men's pants make them smaller and make them pink or purple and label them as women's but we have different bodies and like we we have different needs like making something smaller and pink does not solve it like i'm i don't feel confident standing in a room full full of seasoned engineers where i have to lead a project in pink smaller men's boots so yeah <laughs> okay. but over time like it, there are more and more companies that decided to solve these problems. And the cool thing is that I see more and more women actually going to these fields and fixing these problems themselves. Like mm-hmm. hot work is a good example. They do FR clothing for women that she used to work in oil and gas. It's like, I hate these men's, coveralls so she decided mm-hmm. to do that then there's see her work she struggled with safety gloves she was tired of men's gloves so she decided to do gloves and safety vests we have one company in Milwaukee. see her work she's in the towing industry and decided to make better high-risk clothing for women so it's kind of cool to see women stepping up and deciding to create better better ppe and workwear for for women, yeah,
0: in I, various industries. I hadn't heard about th- those others, and now I'm just like, "Ooh, is this? Is do you guys like get together for drinks? Like, is this like a social club? Like all these like CEOs <gasps> who started these amazing companies? <laughs> I want to just let me know yeah. what it is. I just want to come and we'll just, just like be a fly we'll on the wall, on the
2: periphery. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll insert ourselves into the conversation as we normally do, and then. <laughs> Um, oh,
2: no, I think it would be super cool. Uh I hope with the vaccines rolling out and the economy reopening, there will be more in more in-person events and I I hope there will be an opportunity in the future where we all can um hang out together. That would be so cool.
0: So, yeah, that would be that would be great. The so you know, one thing I was thinking about, and this is something that's that's becoming more and more um people designers, industrial designers are becoming more and more vocal about it. And there have been some great books published recently. Um, but how the majority of, of industrial designers, the people who are designing everything around us are, are men, right? It's um, you know, even though there, there's a higher percentage of, of um, or increasing percentages of, of women getting industrial design degrees, the people who are actually working are majority are men. So that means even um, the people who are designing products for women are men. Um, the one, the story that I tell again and again is I, I was speaking to a, a gentleman who had designed, who had 30 patents for, um, for tampons. <laughs> and, um, and he was too embarrassed to tell me what it was for. <laughs> and oh then goodness. Lindsay was like, Lindsay was like, that's why they're so uncomfortable designed by a man. Well,
1: and you know, and alongside that story, you know, and I've, I've told the story, I think on the podcast before, Yeah, like stolen, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, this was told secondhand to me by another female plastics engineer is she was in a room with men talking about, uh, the requirements for the material on a tampon applicator. And they said, well, you know, it's got to be um, stable to humidity and heat and, you know, all this stuff. And she's like, why? And they're like, well, you know, it goes in the body. And she's like, for a second, like, that doesn't <laughs> stay in the body. And, like, there was, they're designing it. And th- like, that oh. part of it was just
0: totally missed. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just what you're talking about, the, the shrink it and pink it thing, you know, um, I'm I'm I mean, I know I was going to ask you if you're working on anything else, but but it's exciting. You can tell us about. But I would personally like to request that maybe you look into lab coats because. OK, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I know you, you do the 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 blazers now, but lab coats, I know you know, I always wear blazers under my lab coats, but, uh, I would love to have a lab coat that is a little bit more chic. <laughs> oh, so yeah. how did you, yeah, how did, how did you find your industrial designers? Um,
2: let's see. It was challenging to find the right manufacturing partner. Uh, but for, for the designers, we worked with different people, um, for footwear design, we have a designer who is actually traveling all around the world, but, because she's so incredibly reliable and I don't care if you're working from Portugal or from from, uh, South America or the U.S. right now. So uh, we found her through, I think, Upwork. Mm -hmm. And then for some of our clothing, uh, we worked with a former designer who used to work at Carhartt at some point. And then um, one of our customers actually is designing one of our upcoming projects that I cannot share yet but she works in a foundry she wears her boots so she understands the work environment where these clothes are needed but her degree is in design fashion design that's what she used to do a long time ago and she wanted to get back into it so she helped us um, create one of the products so we worked with um, different types of uh, designers and we tried to get feedback from women during the Tech pack development phase. Uh, we we'll find out what is actually important, what features are needed, and then once we release prototypes, we, yeah, we we'll definitely want to hear feedback because we we're not tied to a season. We don't want to chase fashion mm-hmm. to create something that will be out of style in a year or in a season. <laughs> For us, it's very important to get to the perfect product that will be comfortable, that will be safe, and. As stylish as it possibly can be.
1: Yeah, and you know, if a company is giving out like safety dollars or you know whatever to like purchase your PPE, it's usually only once a year anyway. So mm-hmm. it's wise to keep it, you know, consistent yeah. throughout the year. You're Not doing yeah steel toast mm-hmm. handles.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> steel toast handles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of uh, one of your goals is to. Uh, well, actually, if you if you could tell us first if there if there are any product product I know you said there's something you can't tell us about, but is there anything new that you're working yeah. on that you can?
2: Yeah. Um, so the the latest product that we're designing is a safety shoe for women in construction, because our Omega boot is already um, like covers a lot of needs for women in different industries, for manufacturing, engineering, and construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we received some requests that women wanted to have a full waterproof boot Uh, so in this case the elastic is not ideal so waterproofing is important we want to incorporate um a puncture resistant outsole Mm. that is important in different industries and deeper thread certain companies have a six inch shaft limitation and the next boot will have a lace-up so we we look at all the features that we have been missing so that will go into the this incredibly functional safety shoe that we will be hopefully releasing later this year and we'll work on a completely different toe cap because steel is great and withstands a lot of pores the challenge is working in the midwest and uh, mercedes you probably know like the winters in chicago can get really cold mm-hmm. so if you're working outside a lot your feet get really cold so we're exploring other materials that will be more insulating and composite toe caps are on the list.
0: Very cool. That's exciting. Well, I might have to get a third pair of Zenas then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And
2: and besides that, we expanded besides safety shoes, which is the biggest pain point and will always be our main focus. We expanded into more functional blazers. Um, I'm wearing right now, like our very last, like latest release, which is this very functional machine washable, lightweight blazer with a bunch of different pockets nice um essential waste. so functionality is incredibly important to us so yeah, yeah.
1: That, that, is, that is related we had a kind of going back to the lab coats we have at our work just kind of like lab coat you know mechanicy type things and like they gave me i don't even know what size but they gave me a size and i was like this doesn't fit over my chest <laughs> And so, and then, so I just had to get like a bigger size, but I wear it and it just looks like, you know, I get caught on like, if I'm like trying to put a, you know, change an insert out in a mold, like I'm getting caught on stuff because it's just hanging on me. There's just, there's no, I need something that I can like cinch up and fits me and like, isn't, Uh uh isn't something I have to leave open. Like that would be nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: it's on our list. I, I, I would love to connect with you, two of you separately to learn a bit more about like what features are important. Um, does it have to be chemical resistant in your case?
1: Not for me. Just, yeah, I am I mean, I'm Mine, just, mine's just <laughs> grease and
0: raw pellets. <laughs> Mine needs to be dark colored just because they get so much coloring on them, you know, but. Okay. Yeah, makes sense.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll chat a bit more about the lab coat. It, like We had so many requests from women um, who want a better lab coat. So
0: oh, really? On our list. Yeah, It's not just me being yeah, greedy. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the only challenge
2: is that certain companies work with a provider that delivers the lab coats and then they pick them up for washing and so they don't have a choice to get their own, but mm-hmm. if they there's, there's flexibility inside the company. Like we can, we can make it happen.
0: Right. Yeah. No, we, we have, we have a, we have a, a service here that does that, but I would, I would buy my own and wash it on my own too. <laughs> I'd have to run it completely yeah. separately from everything else because of all the pigments, but I would do that.
1: Accidentally throwing your favorite white shirt.
0: So, so um, how, you know, well, actually, Go on, going back, I was going to talk about your some of your goals, but I want to talk about the unboxing experience because now you're, are you just all e-commerce right now? Or are you in stores at all? Uh, we're all e-commerce. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of developed, a, may have been a mistake, but
2: um, we just decided to pass on all the savings on directly to the consumer. Because if you work, go through retail, you have one manufacturing cost and then um, you have a markup before you go to the retailer because the more middlemen you have in between the higher the product gets so we decided Mm -hmm. to pass on the savings to our customers directly um so we're mainly e-commerce but we provide a super easy shipping process so women can find their their model the size and color on the website we have a size guide that explains like also like you can call us (laughs) we we're our customer service is super helpful to provide um, recommendations for sizing. And then we offer free exchanges and returns in case you don't like the fit or need an adjustment. So we tried to make it as easy as possible. But right now we're all e commerce.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I found it really easy, and i was I was impressed with how quickly it shipped, um, how quickly I received them, uh, especially during the pandemic, right? When everything was delayed. I was really impressed with that. But I have to say, you know, all these e-commerce companies are like heightening the unboxing experience But I have to say. And this was, I think the thing that I immediately commented on the website was just like it was the best unboxing experience I'd had in my whole life. it was it was it was she glorious. Me I mean, yeah. Me about I was it, like, you know? and my daughter oh, really? and son were there next to <laughs> me and I was cool. like almost crying. I was just like, because, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, all the messaging that goes into it, you know? Um, and like, I have, I think I have, yeah, I totally have one of the cards from, I have the my little, little, Zena safety boot card but um but tell oh, me about cool. it's if if you've ever if, if anybody listening if you've ever received um your pair of Zenas, it's just a really really nice experience there's a lot more than you know there are all these little you know cards in there with messages and and uh the the bags also that come with the shoes um mm-hmm. but yeah can you tell us about about how that that came to be because it yeah, was glorious
2: uh, oh i'm i'm so happy to hear that um uh, that you appreciated the every single detail of it because we uh we try to do everything with purpose so every single thing has a purpose um the card explains one of the cards explains like why i decided to start this company and like there's a qr code where you can learn a bit more then the safety card was very purposeful because i knew that women will get challenged at some point that oh. because our shoes look so nice. <laughs> so many 100%. women get asked like, wait a second, are you actually wearing safety boots? And then instead of someone stepping on their feet, they can have the safety card that specifically lists the different ESDM certifications that we have. Then the bags, um, they help uh, because we want our products to last. Um, so, And when you travel, a lot of our customers travel a lot, so we wanted to provide these ba- reusable bags that we can um, where you can put the shoes into and like go on a trip,
0: throw them in a suitcase. Um, and I use those all the one, time going up to the scenic oh, Sheboygan. Cool. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
2: it, it's very cool that those are used. And then, yeah, the last probably piece that we put some thought into it is the quote that we include in the, in the box. which so says, be safe, be you, be a badass. And the reason is we thought like, what is the most important thing? That we want to do is like we want women to be safe because we all work in these environments where you have a lot of different ha- hazards, so safety is our number one priority. And then the BU part is I've seen so many women who, uh, and experienced it myself, who kind of try to dress like a guy to fit mm-hmm. into this environment. Not and in some cases, you don't try to dress like a guy, but that's all you have available, you don't feel like yourself. And by providing safety shoes that are actually designed for a woman's foot where you can, that opens up possibilities to wear something more professional or just feel like yourself, you will be more successful at work and just feeling like you. And the last part is, like, be a badass is, I think a lot of the women who go into these fields, non-traditional fields, I was likely a rebellious mindset where like, I can do this thing. It's not the most traditional path, but I, I can make anything happen. So it's just encouraging everyone to follow their personal path and support each other.
0: I love it. Yeah. My, that, and that quote, it's on the inside of the box when you open them up. Right. Yeah. It was just like, it was just such a good experience. My daughter was immediately like, mom, can I have the box? I want the box. <laughs> so she has it, she oh, kept it. <laughs> that's, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh. I love that. Just the the you know, the BU be, be a badass. I mean, be safe. Be safe. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I like that one, but um <laughs> but like, you know, I remember um you know, I wear a lot of lipstick and it kind of stemmed from my time in like the medical industry cuz I would, you know, you can't wear makeup in a clean room, you know, and um when i first started in the medical industry i was in uh i was working as a co-op and so i was 21 22 something like that and um you know not wearing makeup i i was almost always asked whose daughter i was um not as much now the bags under my eyes give it away stop but like um uh, <laughs> one time um i was in the cafeteria and the woman thought i was uh it was take your dark it was figured out daughter work day, she thought I was uh, one of the guy's daughters. And so she actually charged my lunch to him. And she's like, uh your lunch is already paid for. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I work here. I have a badge. But like, and you know, so wearing lipstick to me was like my way of like being able to, you know, kind of assert that like I, I work here. I, I'm an adult. <laughs> I I I have rent. I have paid my insurance, <laughs> and like you know, yeah, right? And like, plus it was easy to swipe off if I needed to go into a clean room. But mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that helps you stand out and be. I'm not one of the guys. I'm not someone's kid. I'm not someone's you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I am a female engineer, and I am here to do my job and do my job the way I intend to do my job. Mm-hmm. And like, so I love just a like a. a show you that says this is what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And sorry for that spoiler alert, Lindsay, about, about the box. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a good, such a good you know
1: what? I will still enjoy it when I open the box. You will, you will.
2: Yeah. No, that this is a mm-hmm. really good example. Like, it was, so so many women get asked. I, I listened to the uh, another podcast that you you to record it and um <laughs> someone mentioned like they they were asked like are you well, I think one of you has been asked: Are, are you a secretary? Like yeah. really? <laughs> like women? There's still this unconscious bias, and, and like women have to prove themselves. And like, yeah, I'm actually an engineer. Like,
1: and <laughs> right. I know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, know. you might have been asked too, but I definitely have been asked. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you inspire so many so many people. Uh, can you tell us about the people who inspire you? <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, there there are so many people who uh, who inspire me, and I I try to do to build a su- successful business and help many women succeed. Uh, but there, I love to read books and kind of get inspired by others. Like some of the people I admire are, one of them is the founder of Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard, who um, created this brand where they have the strong focus on making clothes very durable and i'm rereading the book for a second time and i'm still picking up bits and pieces that i have not even thought about like for example if your zipper breaks or something breaks they make the clothing that you can replace the different parts of it and then the other aspect is not trying to chase fashion but create something that is incredibly timeless and durable and ideally I tried to apply the same concept of uh, designing something that is versatile that you can wear in your office, on the manufacturing floor, to dinner, like I, or even in your yeah free time of getting a cocktail with your friends. So if I can create the most versatile product, that makes me just so happy. So he's one of them. And then other people are um, Sarah Blakely taught me how failure is just part of the process because initially when I launched a company, I was so afraid and worried um, about things like, Oh my God, will women love my boots? And like, what if someone does not like the design and what if I fail and what will people think if I fail? And I like had to find a way to cope with this fear of failure. And I think Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spain, is one of the best examples who kind of learned as a child to incorporate failure as a learning process because when she and her brother came back from school and her dad, asked, like, what did you guys feel at today? And if they didn't have anything to say, Mm -hmm. he was disappointed. And when they said like, Hey dad, I tried this new thing today and I failed like he would high five them. So it's just, it shows us an example that they, it's okay to try something new. And like, if you fail along the way, it's just part of the process. And her definition of failure is like, not trying at all. So I love that. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the last example I'll bring up is uh, Elon Musk with <laughs> his multiple companies. After I read his book, I thought, holy cow, like if Elon Musk can start PayPal and Tesla and SpaceX and the boring company, whatever else he is doing, like I can start mm-hmm. one at least one very successful company and make the best products for women. So he was the big inspiration to me as well.
0: I love it. So cool. All so right. what? What? Uh, what's next? What uh, Are you going to continue? I mean, you're working on some new products, Rosina. Are you going to expand the company? Are you going to start other companies here abroad? Write a book? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> you know, there's so much I want to do. So my focus for the next years will be to continue delivering the best workwear products for women in non-traditional fields, including... Manufacturing, engineering, um, construction, oil and gas. So basically, women in like these male-dominated environments who don't have access to good work clothing. And then at some point, like I have a whole list of things I want to do. <laughs> um, I I will try to find a way to either through the company to support women's rights globally. Like we're so lucky to live in the U.S. Like although we. Still have certain struggles with equality in this country. In the Western world, there are uh, women outside of the Western world who struggle with like terrible things that I'm, I would love to tackle at some point, whether it's through Xena or if I'll do it on my own. Um, I'm still part of the nonprofit building sustainable food and water supply systems in African countries, and I think that can be expandable. Sustainability is incredibly important to me. Whether I'll do it through the company, we will find a way to um, <laughs> tackle plastic pollution uh, in certain parts of the world. And I, I would love to learn from you ladies as well at some point, like how plastics can be, there's a cycle they can go through. And uh, I think a lot of countries don't know how to utilize that and how to implement recycling systems and um yeah
0: so much yeah, well, so much to do. Yeah, yeah. We I mean Germany honestly is so good <laughs> at that, but yeah. Yeah. Um what about the book though? I want to read your book. Are you planning to I hope you're planning to write one. <laughs> Basically
1: what you're saying is just write it, we'll read it.
0: Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to read a book that you write.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> um Yeah,
2: I have not figured out um <laughs> if and when i will write a book but that's uh, that is a that is a good idea right now i recommend to everyone to read the book from trisha Kagerer. i left it accidentally at the SWE event on saturday so it's called the b words so she she's an executive in the construction industry and she wrote this book specifically for women in non-traditional fields and like what to expect and it's similar to lean in but more focused on women in non-traditional fields so i highly recommend to read that book now and maybe at some point when i'll have a bit more free time i would love to (laughs) write something else uh, focusing on entrepreneurship um, and yeah inspire more women to start the business and just finding something they are passionate about and making a difference
0: I love it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Anacraft, thank you so much for for joining us on Plastics today. It's been a delight to talk to you. And I hope that we can have a, a multilingual meetup, you know, sometime sometime soon as we're as we're coming out of the pandemic in Wisconsin. Can it, can it also be in English? It can also be, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well including. Yeah. I, I mean yeah. I, I will drink my
1: beer in the corner for the local well, <laughs> part, but <laughs> Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, I would love to. And I would love to meet up in person at some point. Like, let's stay in touch. And if you will ever be in Milwaukee, let me know. I would be happy to grab a, a beer or two at one of the cool breweries that we have here.
1: And Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in for an adventure. Awesome.
0: <laughs> All <laughs> right. Thanks meeting so much. You. Thank right. you. Thank Thank you. you.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye. Plastics, the voices of resin is a plastics podcast sponsored by SPE, inspiring plastics professionals. If you want to find out more about SPE, please visit for like the number, SPE.org.